Hi guys, comrades, colleagues, compatriots, defectors, friends, family even. Welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. This is my podcast. My name's Winter Fonander. I'm a comedian. This is episode 37. 37, yes. With a really good friend of mine, Rob Kemp. Rob and I met a few years ago at a really terrible gig that I ran. It was the worst gig I think I've ever been to. And the thing is, I ran it. I was emceeing it. It was a Saturday night. And all of the people in there, I think, at the very back, were all on cocaine and pissed out of their heads. They did not want us there at all. That was the first time I met Rob. But I haven't seen Rob for about two years. And it was great to catch up with Rob for the couple of hours I spent with him. And I managed to edit this down to just under an hour and 20. You're really going to enjoy this one. I'm going to give a shout out to Liza Richardson. Thank you for liking the, every episode we put out. You retweet it, you share it. We really appreciate that. And all those people in the Facebook group, the Kami Defect Facebook group, who like it and share it there too, I really appreciate it because it tells people where we are and what we're doing. If you want to support this podcast, you can. We're on Patreon. Go to Patreon, type in the Comedy Defect Podcast, and you can donate as much or if you want to donate a little, that's fine too. But if you can't donate, that's fine. As I say, just share your favorite episode. You know, join the Facebook group, retweet the episodes. And those of you that do pay and do contribute, you're paying for the ones that can't. And I appreciate that. Thank you. But I don't want to talk for too much longer now because this is a quite a long episode anyway. And I really enjoy talking to Rob. This is episode 37 with Rob Kemp. Enjoy. Rob Kemp, thank you for coming on the Comedy Defect. I know how you're doing. You broke your hand. What happened? I've said, I've said this to a couple of people now. I did it in what I consider to be a fairly rock and roll way. I did it performing. I was going. I was doing the second run through of my of my new show, The Elvis Dead. About ten minutes in, there was a bit of slapstick and. Uh, I fell with the full weight of my body onto my hand. I did. Do you know what? Honestly, I didn't feel it. I did. I, I, I didn't. For the, the, I could tell my finger wasn't right. Right. I could tell that my finger was bent and couldn't straighten, and yeah. I could. Te- I could feel a bit of a buzzing. Mm. I, I couldn't feel it, and I guess that's just adrenaline. I don't know. Yeah. I, um, just pumped. Yeah, yeah. Show must go on, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the people in A and E kept asking me who I'd been fighting. The, the honest answer is me. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I put it on Facebook. I've seen the x-rays now and the, the guy, yeah. a medical professional, mm. uh, has said they can't put it right. It's it's going to be this new angle forever now. Okay. I mean, whether whether my hand sort of straightens out mostly, but the bone's a bit crooked, I don't know. Yeah. But so you've been I'm, changed completely from I've, this I've, event. I've, I have been changed irrevocably, yes. But, it's, but you know what? I wouldn't change it. Pain heels, chicks dig scars, and glory yeah. lasts. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I could have done it walking down the road, tripping over, but... You did it in a rock and roll way, man. Well, I, I like to think so. Oh, no, definitely. No, it is. It's kind of put the kibosh on me uh, driving anywhere. Apparently, uh, your insurance is invalid. That's true. Yeah. And so on. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm not housebound by any stretch, but I'm... But you're, you're right-handed, right? No. Oh. I'm lefty. Damn. Because that could be your coffee hand. 
Well, yeah, no, I'm, I think it's because it's that's it's the it's the like the, the third and fourth finger. I can still write. Yeah, it's just a bit. There's more angles in my writing at the moment. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's just like uh, more typing, one finger typing now. Yeah, that was what it was before. Yeah, that... That was, that was, I've never been. A, I've not been a typer. I've never been a typer. Although I do now sort of resemble the um, oh. the Total Recall or Live Long and Prosper. Oh well, it is a bit more spot, but I'm I'm thinking I look more like the uh, totally. the device yeah. from Total the Recall. Get your ass to Mars, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> awesome. I could start uh, an alien Mars, an alien Mars, uh, yeah. a Martian cold fusion, water, reactor. Cold fusion water reaction. Yeah, that's, that, yeah. yeah. create some atmosphere. I'm your man. Create my atmosphere in the place. So, what have you been doing? Recently, and I haven't seen in a couple of years, man. And what have you been up to? Been doing a podcast. I've been doing a podcast. Yeah, I've got a podcast which is long, which is now kind of dead, but not. Yeah, it's gone from being a, a monthly podcast audio that you get through like iTunes or whatever uh, into what is now a video. Is it still a podcast? A, a vodcast? A, vodka, a vodcast? Video log? Vlog? 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 Well, basically, it's like a, it's it's the same format, but we've split it into chunks mm. and we're doing it like three times a month on YouTube and it's called Left of the Podium and it's about the fourth best in everything it's sillier and funnier than that makes it sound yeah and you, <laughs> basically it's the fourth best of everything we just riff and like improv the stuff out of it don't you? it used to be entirely improv but now what happens is we go away with the questions the two of us myself and my mate Dave we go away we figure out our own answer to the question mm. the improv comes in reacting and responding to the other person's answer mm. and explaining why they're wrong or w- developing their answer or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, like, one of the more recent ones was um, your fourth choice alternative ending to Cinderella. You, you know, you can sort of argue that uh, why it wouldn't happen or why it's a bad idea or, you know, uh, as I say, I think, like I said to you just before we started recording, one of the ones that we're about to release is um, the fourth most inconvenient aspect of Work uniform introducing a mandatory blancmange hat. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you want to check in the sink for evidence, uh, we did actually do some practical road testing yeah. of, of the question as well. Like, see, yeah. see what a blancmange hat would actually be like. And because it's video, we can, we can show you. Not, not good, it turns out. Oh, no. It's a blancmange. It is as terrible an idea as it mm. sounds. Yeah, it, it doesn't really stay on the head very well, either, does it? No. no that, yeah, it's more of a, more of a health and safety. I'm out to the car park, I'll give you that. Yeah, oh, fair I'll, play. Yeah. Better than a book. At least we can, you can have like a little bit of an impact on it, and yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's gonna be difficult. It'd be definitely a slip hazard. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's been two years, so yeah. so I have written two shows. Wow. In that time, one of them, as I said before, Elvis Dead, and the mm. other one was Hubris. But it was nominated for best poster, Peril Design, uh, Paul Banksy Banks, initial photograph that by Laurie Suarez that was then adapted by indie comics artist writer called Rachel Smith, who is brilliant, mm. and she's she is making. I mean, she's making waves. Listen to me talking about like, um, no, 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 no. But she's no, she's she's great. Just lucky for me that Banksy knew her. It's got this beautiful sort of um, wily coyote aspect about it. I love that. It was me standing on the edge of a cliff, about to sort of leap off Mm -hmm. with my wings. That was nominated for best poster. Didn't win. Paul Foot won. I don't think I was even close. There was another Paul Banks poster for uh, President Abonjo. It was sort of like a. Che Guevara-esque sort of with the stars and the communist Done with the stars it was sort of very communist he was peeping out from behind himself mm-hmm. yeah that one yeah. yeah that was Banksy as well mm-hmm. he was real close at one point when you suddenly realise well I'm not 
stop, stop asking people to vote for me. Mm. Ask them to vote for him. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, poor foot stole it at the end. Stole it. He's got, and you know, and that's. Oh, I say unfortunately. Fair play. The show hubris. How'd that go? It's weird. It's because I I did it last year at the Leicester Comedy Festival. Mm. I came away feeling like it had gone okay. Oh. I came away, and I my my friends were being really nice and and everything, and I felt like. Oh, they're just saying that, mm-hmm. and, I, and I felt I came away feeling like, oh, you can't do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, and it turns out there was a a member of the awards panel in, and he put me forward for best debut. So then that gave me a bit more confidence, but it also made me think, really, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't entirely believe it, and it mm-hmm. felt really weird. And then I've, I've done it since, obviously. There was a sort of a turning point for that show was at the Mac in Birmingham last November. Mm. I'd done some rewrites on it. I came away from that thinking, actually myself feeling, this is actually pretty good. You know, right. I, I, I came away feeling I've, I've done all right here. Mm-hmm. So, so in that sense, yeah. I agree with George Lucas. Right. You never stop altering... Mm. I mean, I don't agree with him at all. None of this hand-shot-first nonsense. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's... it's, 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 it's oh, it, it, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. What's he doing? Tweak it. You, this is you have the face of a man who you're holding. Your, you're either someone who has such strong feelings about the Star Wars trilogy uh, alterations that you need to restrain yourself, or you're feigning interest. <laughs> I am not that much of a nerd about Star Wars, to be honest. I am really. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to lie about it. My nerd nerdum. My, my nerdum. I guess that that's a new word. I think that we'll we'll coin that phrase. That's oh, a good, yeah, I think my nerdum goes to the Walking Dead comic books. I am. Massive, massively geek out on that, and also Hulk. That is my thing. I love yeah. it. I, love <laughs> it. I wouldn't describe it as an Aladdin's cave, my flat. But, like, <laughs> but I've got quite a lot of stuff. Like Indiana Jones, great oh, until the you know the one that should not be named, and that was Temple just, of Doom. You know, no, that, I, <laughs> no, I, I'm not. Was I, know, favorite, I know what you mean. I knew all the words about those because I watched them so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even start to do the words like in staccato fashion because the tape was running, you know, that badly at the end. <laughs> and then Robocop and all that kind of stuff. But that, yeah, I'm a kid of that that era. No Star Wars. You know, I, I took it in, but I wasn't. I haven't really seen the new tweaks on it. Mm. But I think that they shouldn't really mess about with it. Okay, right. Now this is an example. You know, Colin the Barbarian, right? Massive Conan fan, right? Yep. Full Recall, amazing. You know, but we started with the reference to with a hand, yeah. and then like that's it. I mean, it's like it's it's built in. Have you seen the the actual full version of Colin the Barbarian? There's a bit in it when he's Conan is talking to Subutaya in the final battle. You know, mm-hmm. when he's like, uh, at least they're, they're, right, they're sitting there, they're sitting there, and like they're they're just they're tying, they're they're binding one of the spears or something, and it's one of the worst bit of acting. I have ever seen from from Arnie and it is so terrible it nearly ruined the whole film for me because in a TV edit they cut that out because there's a damn good reason they cut it out because it ruins the whole flow of the film but in the DVD version it's still in there it's it's terrible I wish I'd never seen this no, totally it, ru- it nearly ruined it it's like the, mm. have you seen the version of the Warriors which has got all those comic book yeah. inserts mm-hmm. and how it's Walter Hill isn't it there's all those inserts mm. into the film yeah. sort of show transitions between shots and it's got like Meanwhile and mm. uh, over in Central Park mm-hmm. and, you know it takes a flow it doesn't it. need it mm. it doesn't need it at all DVD you gotta watch it because it's, it's, it's funny now I can, I, can, I can relax now and laugh at it because it's so ridiculous but I, my, one of my favourite opening sequences in any film is, is probably the bit when they're making the sword and then the bit in, in Conan and the other film is the opening sequence to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom that opening sequence is brilliant. 
because that's obviously coming straight from Raiders or, or mm. three years later but they look at it and, and you're not expecting that you've mm. only seen him getting dirty you yeah. see him for two minutes mm. dressed like a professor I seem to recall reading that they want, either either wanted to but never would get the chance to mm. or kind of just wanted a little bit of a James Bond nod mm-hmm. yeah totally doing like dodgy deals with the Japanese you know because you, your, your background is, is what background in performance art Look, origin story. What's your origin story, man? You I don't get bit by the bug. Mm. But on the one hand, it, it makes perfect sense in hindsight, but it, it didn't make it. Nobody really would have. No one would believe. It, but I'm actually quite shy, you mm, know. I get that. In a encounter, I'll, I'll, unless I'm not going to try and rule a party, I'm never mm. going to come into a room and say, "Hey guys, mm-hmm. now the, 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 the fun's here. I'm right here, I'm guys. right here, guys." Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that was very much the case as I was young. I mean, mm. I absorbed joke books. I had innumerable joke books. Do you ever recall there was a series of books they were t- really tall and thin they got about I think the title was like a thousand or a hundred I think certain, so yeah, I think, some, yeah, yeah. Certain, and there, were, there, was a, there was a red one a mm. yellow one a blue one a green one a brown one Yeah, they, they were like they came in like the rainbow of colours yeah. and it was almost like it wasn't like a badge of honour to collect them but it was mm. like every like either every Christmas or every sort of mm. event I'd get a new one or mm. something and I would trawl through them and it was just, I loved a joke, and I remember my school teachers. That was one of the things that was always in my reports. Mm. You know, Robert has a great sense of humour, and he, he would be, he laughs at jokes that the other students don't understand, or he makes his own jokes from the jokes that he doesn't understand. Either. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I feel at the risk of sounding like me, 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 me. I feel like I've always had a fairly acute sense of humour. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've, I've had mm. a, a, like a fairly sensitive... You studied, you did the reading. Like Maybe. Yeah. I mean, only like on a, only, only on a childish level. I haven't really studied technique, mm. apart from in the way that we all have, at the mm. back of a, of a gig and we've mm. stared at a guy going, that's brilliant. What How that? did he, she do that? Yeah, exactly. You know, like what, what, what's, what's happening here? Mm. What's the trigger? So apart yeah. from that, I've, I haven't actually studied the mechanics of it. Mm. Although, although having said that, the best advice mm. I ever received was from Ben Briggs, you know. Yeah, it's great. And I was really new, and I asked him for advice. And his advice was, don't listen to any advice. Mm. And I thought, and obviously at the time I thought, well, that's not help. Mm-hmm. And then, but I didn't. I mean, in, in hindsight, I now sort of realise, I know exactly what he means. Because the, mm. the only thing, the only thing that you're bringing to the table is you. Your worldview, your sense of humour, your everything, that's, that's what you're bringing. And so... Yeah, do study the other people. Yeah. So the, so I don't really like to do the whole uh, advice thing, but there was a guy, a, 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 a fairly new act at, at the Roadhouse recently, who fundamentally misunderstood the... the, the he, told, he told an old joke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's what he wants to do, that's fine. You know, it's not a prestigious gig. I'm not sure. knocking the... I love no, the Roadhouse, mean. but it's like, yeah. a, it's like a sort of gig where you can come and you can try new material. muck around and mm-hmm. try things. Or try... You know, if, if if what you want from it is a, is is to get over your nerves and yeah. tell old jokes, fair play, especially if you're honest about it. Mm-hmm. Don't try and knock the palm off as you're Anyway, so he told this old joke, and I recognised it as an old joke, and I did comment. I said, like, you know, that's an old joke. He went, oh, I know, yeah. And I was like, well, also, by the way, I think it might work a little better if, if this, mm-hmm. because as far as I was concerned, he fundamentally misunderstood the dynamics of this particular joke. Mm-hmm. He was quite a time-sensitive joke. Mm-hmm. One of those ones where you, you you say the thing and you pause briefly and then mm-hmm. carry on. And he mm-hmm. and he had misunderstood this fundamentally. And and I don't real I don't realise that I know anything technical about mm-hmm. comedy, 
but apparently I do. It, how it sounds in your head, you go, no, it's it, there's a rhythm. There's a rhythm to a joke. There's a, a, a kind of read of a joke as well. You kind of go, oh, there's a beat here. There's, you're missing a beat in here. There's another yeah. laugh in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in, insofar as I mean, when it comes down to taking a fucking out or yeah. putting a fucking in, mm-hmm. does this joke need a fucking? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and they need a good fucking yeah, 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 yeah. and that's yeah. And, and sometimes, sometimes, yeah. it, I don't care what anybody else says, mm. you know about about uh, oh, you don't need swear words. Mm. Yeah, often you don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, a joke benefits greatly from t- not having a swear word. Mm-hmm. But also, there's times when that little bit of rhythm, that those two extra beats, like you mm. say, the the syllable beats of, mm. of a fucking yeah, and yeah. it'll and it just it just it just tips it from. Yeah. One thing to something else because it, it also denotes an emotion as well of how you feel about something. Yeah, you know sometimes there's that much emotion that you don't have a, a, a very intelligent or a, a erudite word wouldn't fit. It'll be like, well, this is too contrived. You yeah, know, yeah, you've yeah. got to be real with it. Like, let let it go. I mean, unless you're playing the Christian circuit or some other um, some other place where you can well, say specifically that. Specifically said it, yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, I currently work in a school, and so are we like uh, secondary school mm-hmm. students. So obviously, regardless of my feelings on swearing, there's a policy mm-hmm. so that if any, I hear any swearing, I've got to take them to task over it. And I did hear this one kid recently really cursing up a blue streak. I think he was rapping, but he was rapping his own rap that he'd made up, and it mm. was very, very, very coarse. I spoke to him about it. I said, look, you know, why are you saying that? And he went, well, yeah. And, and I said, look, don't you realise, and this might even be, is this my robot that I'm about to say? <laughs> that, that by saying it too often, you're robbing it of its value. Mm. Mm. It's a perfectly good word. Mm. And yes, do you do you use it tonight in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you don't use it normally and then you use it, your mates are going to go, whoa, mm-hmm. I'm into serious about this. Mm. No, no, sorry, I, I, get, no, I get it, I get it. No, are you into the strain uh, TV show? Okay, well, I know it's get, there's a, there's a, that's right, that's right, exactly, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, it yeah. is. No, I've not seen it. It's uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's not, like, I, I, I can't wait to watch this now. Winter. It's like it's, started, it's not bad. It's not terrible. It's okay. It's shit. No, it's <laughs> going on. That's going on the box, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is called the strain after all. With the with the strain, there's a bit in it. Gil, Gil, I, was, I, can't, I can't. I can read it. But Guillermo. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. Del Toro, right? He. William Bull. Him, that guy. William, well, of, William of the Bull. Yeah, him, that fellow. <laughs> that's it. Why can't he just make it easier for everyone? God damn it. Brexit means Brexit. There's a bit in it, right? When this old guy who's the, one of the vampire killers, right? Because you know the, the strain people are. He says, you know, naming things gives them power. By doing that's the the complete reverse of that. I've just realised. Yeah, <laughs> 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 and uh, and like you know, it's like never but, say. Uh, it's oh, like don't say Voldemort. You, know, you, think, you know, you think that you're on the right track, and you're totally on. I, I I was totally with it. I was like, no, this would link to that. Sometimes references don't make any sense, but I had I went with the reference and I committed fully to it, Rob. You did, and you should be commended. I, I I'll take that as the as an example of the exception. I just want to show the opposite. That's you did, you did. Do. You know, I like to do edit, that. Like, edit you know, a line in yeah. later with like, ah, it's interesting what you say there, but I can, I can posit an alternative theorem. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I do the control. I mean, you do the experiment, I do the control is what I do. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, and, yeah, so you're saying that, yeah. Was, rhythm, we're all about rhythm. Rhythm, 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 yeah, yeah. What do you teach in school then? I'm not a teacher. What are you doing? I'm the, I'm the exams officer. <laughs> 
I've got this ridiculously sort of serious and important, important, he says, mm. with the fingers. Right. No, in terms of, if I don't do my job, yeah. nobody gets any GCSEs. Okay. Essentially. Okay. So that's pretty important. So I've got this job, that, and I do have to ensure that these rules are followed, and I do mm. have to wander around giving everyone the dead eye. Mm. You, know, like you get your face back down into that paper, and mm-hmm. if you even so much as look at some, like another person, we're going to have to have words. You may not, I may have to sling you out of this room. And, right. and it's, if anybody knew me yeah, outside of yeah. work, any of these kids saw me, they'd be like... Who is this goon? Mm-hmm. You know, is this totally? Because you know me, I'm a, quite a silly man. <laughs> the taskmaster, you will sit in your place, but you can't let them. You can't show the fear. Like, gotta <laughs> like, shake it off when you gotta get home. Like, because well, I suppose because it is, it's an act. Yeah. I, I'm not that guy. Yeah, that's it. Because it's an act. I, I just stop. Yeah. I just stop doing it. But I suppose the benefit of not being a teacher and not. No marking either as well. No marking, That's yeah. That's amazing. I, I literally walk out the gates and I'm done. That's brilliant. Best job ever. No, no. No? Do you get paid when you're on the, week, the holidays as well? I'm No, I'm pro rata. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm term time pro rata. And you know what? That fact allows me to go to Edinburgh. I'm okay with that. I say it, go to Edinburgh. Go to Edinburgh apart from results days when I've got to be back. So this year, in the middle of Edinburgh, I'll be missing four days of performing and... Just to come and do some admin. Oh, <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh. Well, I guess a break, isn't it? You're like, oh, well, I'm at home now. Uh, you just take a picture of yourself having a cup of tea. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, everyone needs a bit of a break in Edinburgh, but you really are taking that to the extreme. I, mean, I am. I'm mm. taking two days out. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be, you know, feet up on the train. No, you must never do that. That's, that's, yeah. Someone's got to sit there, mate. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. You're doing Edinburgh the, the, this year then, obviously. With, yeah. the, with, with the Elderstead. The, the plan originally my original my plan was because I was going to take Hubris last year and mm. I didn't in the end I just did it here and there my plan was to have a, a show in hand I was going to take Hubris this year refine Elvis Dead over that year mm-hmm. and then take that next year and in the meantime I've written something else mm-hmm. he says fingers mm-hmm. crossed yeah, yeah. you know and just yeah, let keep the momentum going yeah, so yeah. there's always something that's fairly mm-hmm. fairly polished mm-hmm. on the table and it's like keeps you because yeah. I'm writing my first hour at the moment and the first one was probably the hardest one right I get this out of my system I want to see if I've got more than one in me yeah, oh, yeah. yeah yeah I mean what I, did, what I did differently actually how it happened was Russ Mulligan uh, is he doing comedy still I think he's kind of just taking a breather he's not he hasn't stopped doing it he's pulled his bandmates back together because he was in a band and he was doing alright they nearly, you know, they, they got a deal. Yeah, they nearly got places. This is how, like, I'm talking. Mm. See how close those fingers are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got some mates back together to just do some recording, yeah. and they've been putting these these ideas together. And mm. so he's he's a renaissance. He's trying to be a renaissance man, or he's a renaissance man. He's just mm. pushing creativity. Like what we he's said got, earlier, like you're just trying to find every creative strain and, and why follow not? it. Yeah, because figure if you're not, I'm not trying to say that working and hanging out and drinking and laughing with your mates isn't mm. enough but isn't it nice to think that you've you've pulled everything that you are together and pushed it out yeah as mm. something be mm. it be it a painting or a mm. you know yeah. a novel or whatever mm. so anyway he's I mean he's, he's got I think he's got a video sketch channel as well mm. I think he's doing that on YouTube or at least parts he's yeah doing, it's sort of like bits and bobs yeah. you know he's doing that so yeah we're going back to yeah, 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 and Russ Mulligan and Graham Milton were going to do a, like, sort of a three-hand evening and do like 
half an hour each <laughs> was the idea. I don't know particularly why or where it came from, but Graham just pitched it as Kemp, Milton Mulligan, mm-hmm. Hubris. I decided that I wanted to write to the theme of mm-hmm. Hubris rather than just saying, here's my stuff, this mm-hmm. is what it's called. So I decided to try, and, I, and it just so happened that an idea came to me and, and I worked around that. So I ended up having a 35-40 minute show that was thematically about hubris mm-hmm. so, you know, and it, it was a PowerPoint thing yeah. and you know, it, was, it was more of a lecture than it was a, like a stand-up of mm-hmm. my, old, my old bits yeah. so I developed that more and it ended up as more like an hour uh, to the point where I actually had to cut stuff out to get it yeah. under the hour which mm-hmm. is nice which is really really nice yeah. originally the actual challenge was just writing to a theme can I do this and it was, I wasn't even trying to write an hour and it just so happened that it expanded beyond the initial brief. And then this new show, The Elvis Dead, was was the result of a, of a silly conversation I had with, with Ian Hall and Leanne Mackay a while mm. back. And that was just percolating away mm. for a while. Not, I wasn't really working on it, it was just a thing that I wanted to do. And, mm. and then certain things changed that put kind of put a deadline on it. And I don't just mean submitting my details to a festival, mm. I mean... What changed? Well, it... <laughs> Well, what happened was, I was going to do it last year, mm. and because of how I changed Hubris, I was going to do them at the same time, and I and I ended up doing Hubris, but pulling Elvis dead. And Dave McGookin, mm-hmm. of Jokes on Us, mm. he's moving to Canada tomorrow. Uh, details correct as of the date of the recording. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> 28th of the 2nd. Yeah, he's going tomorrow. Wow. I, I kind of felt an obligation to to perform it for him. For him before he leaves. Which sounds really dumb. Like oh, that it was it's your mate it's, though, right? He's my mate. Yeah. And, and it was and it was but it was but it was kinda of like I promised him and then I promised him that I'd do it this year and then mm. he's go definitely, definitely going mm. and it was like, well, I can't let him down. Yeah. Which is a weird morality system. <laughs> hey look, it got you to ride it, man. That's yeah. great as well. Yeah, I mean, got, but then he got to see it. The first show went went well after you tweaked it. That's what you, I mean, I'm sure it went well otherwise, but you're so you know it's never going to be finished, but you're always like trying to want to fix it. You, you, those tweaks you made made you like, yeah, I can do this. And then mm. you did the second show. You like you had that extra, that sort of momentum of after that first show. Like, hey, I wrote more than I needed for the first hour. So the second hour, okay, I just need to continue do, doing that. I heard that you were a, an Elvis impersonator. Is that right? That's right. Isn't it? <laughs> That's right. In, That's it's right, isn't it? It's not. I mean, in life. In in life, yeah. I mean, no. Is it just? Is it just in general? You're you're doing an Elvis impression. I'm sure there's music that you like because your dad liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And so so prior to his death I liked some stuff, but then obviously after he died I oh, saw your old man died recently, was it? Oh no no, he, he died like he died sort of thir- twelve years ago. Right. Nearly thirteen years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I got into more of that stuff, kind mm-hmm. of you know, in you know, in honour of I get I get you, man, totally like my you know. my my dad died like what the sorry to dad died story now, but like no when my dad died like uh, in March it'll be 11 years get it Pink Floyd was my one but like yeah you, you feel like you honour him by reading the books looking yeah. at music oh, this, this yeah. drove me mad there was a, a a year or maybe a little bit longer than that just before he died mm. he was he, he was he really liked his Hammer Horror and yeah. he liked all that sort of stuff he'd been bought a hardback Christopher Lee autobiography mm. and he, he sat on the shelf and read you know he twisted the knife every time yeah. I saw it you know so I read it, I read, and uh, that guy's fascinating, by the way. Mm. <laughs> that guy, that guy led an amazing life. No, so, but I totally get that. That as that song, isn't it? 
I don't know what read the books your father read whatever it is like I don't know what song that is I think it's uh in the books of the Lord, no. Oh my. No, I don't think so. No. Is it Desiree? No, no, it's Desiree. Desiree. <laughs> That's less, is that less cool? Is that less cool? Cut the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to smash this podcast now. But it's like, I think Desiree will be very happy. <laughs> she will, she will. Can't wait to get this. Tag her in this. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's a good it's song. It's true, though. though. It's, like, it's common truths, isn't it, though? Yeah. But it's like that, that thing as well. I mean, yours was the Christopher Lee book, right? Yeah. Mine was the Guinness Encyclopedia. Oh wow. That's a specific that's that's <laughs> that's a that's a doorstop. That or is, is that the height of it? That is is, it, height a, is it. it a pocket volume? It's seven hundred and twenty three <laughs> pages. Well I mean Christopher Lee lived for like ninety years, alright mate. <laughs> but no, but no, no, but like I know what you mean though. You know, because like you're determined, aren't you? To, yeah. to get it through it. Yeah. You want to know? I mean, I, I to be quite honest, I found it fascinating. Yeah. I, I really Great. enjoy reading it. Yeah, well, yeah. We, yeah but you're but, saying but, about your, your. Oh, just yeah. just so so so. Um, I mean, I, I, there's some stuff that you listen to more than others. So I got yeah. it got it, it sort of sank in anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Elvish, John, Elvish, Elvish, Elvis, Johnny Cash, Everly Brothers, mm. uh, Roy Orbison. Mm. Jimmy Cochran, Johnny. What's his name? Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Cochran. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I listen to him loads. <laughs> no, no. So, so there's all these artists, and the, there were ones that I'd already sort of listened to just naturally mm. through him and through interest, and then there's other ones that I then grasped onto just as a just as as, a, as an attempt to know him better. Mm-hmm. And it successfully brought him back, mm. so that was totally worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, yeah. obviously, uh, it's more, it's enriched me in certain yeah. ways, yeah. and you know. But not where you come from, in it? You're absorbing all these influences, yeah, and, and they trigger memories, of course, of like, you know, your man or whatever it is. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. Uh, the, the, the ridiculous thing, and I'm sure you've got similar, the year or two, three years after he died, mm. it was almost like they took a list of all of his favourite films and decided to remake them oh. or release the final version of something. I was like, whether they were good or bad yeah. or better or worth merit is irrelevant. It's mm. the fact that he always loved like Harry Harrison and Willis O'Brien, the stop motion guys. Mm-hmm. So like the, the whole King Kong. So King Kong came out, the Peter Jackson one, mm. and there was the final... He never got to see the end of The Lord of the Rings. Mm. So, and I know that's... I don't know how interesting that is, but I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned... Leaving a thing hanging, a mm. hanging thread, a sort of a, this is a thing that he you know, never got to the end of, that upset me, and I was blubbing through both of those. I blubbed, believe it or not, I blubbed through uh, War of the Worlds, the, the, oh, the, yeah, the Tom yeah. Cruise, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg one, mm-hmm. even though it's not a sad film. If anything, it's unnecessarily happy. Mm-hmm. Just because they were films that were, even though I know full well that he'd have been sat in that cinema with me going, not as good as the first one. Totally. So, this is, what have they done? This is rubbish. You know, compared to the original. Yeah. And I know he would have, but it's it's that thing. It's the thing that yeah. reminds you of, of that person. You, and you want to judge that film on the shitness that it is with the, your old man. You go, look, Dad, you should have seen this. It was shit. They, the remake was shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, or even, oh, or even totally. unnecessarily defend it. Yeah. Just because it's like, oh, you just hate modern films. Totally, don't you? Totally. You're an old man. You're, yeah. stuck back. You're stuck in your day. I t- secretly agree with you. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> That's it. Well, film, did I have some sort of film like that as well? True Grit was one of the things that oh, was yeah, yeah. remade they as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. They remade that as well. Yeah, that yeah, was, like, it was fucking awful as well. It was The remake was terrible. John Wayne wasn't in it. No way. Like, <laughs> John Wayne wasn't in it. He's dead. 
that would have been that would have been a feat that would have been hey okay yeah. Yeah. while we're talking films oh no I'm asking the wrong person here because you've already said you're not really fussed about Star Wars uh, I was going to say okay, which, which one the, the, which right. one Rogue what, One I haven't seen Rogue One yet that was my question no I haven't seen it basically yet. all I was going to say was because you were just saying about ah oh, John Wayne's not here mm. well of course he wasn't but in Rogue One Peter Cushing has been dead for 20 years mm. nearly 30 years mm-hmm. and they sort of kind of brought him back to life and some people didn't like it I mean I thought it was I thought it was fascinating I thought it was really impressive and amazing and mm. you know it just shows you I mean I don't like the idea of movies being populated by dead people marionettes totally give it to someone who's alive they need the money you know? I mean, like, and it's like I mean, I'm sure it's a hell of a lot cheaper on my children yeah exactly I'm sure it's a hell of a lot cheaper for them to make the fucking the film with Peter Cushing who's dead now oh, well, they just I very much doubt it I doubt it image. I doubt it this time in future the worst, do you know the worst thing about this sort of development of technology is the fact that right now it's mega expensive mm. and only like crazy super movie mogul multi-billionaires can afford to do it mm. In the future, when the technology comes, trickles down, you just know that, like, the Asylum, those guys who make those terrible video game movies, mm. uh, Sharknado, they've got green screen now. Mm. I mean, for heaven's sake, back mm. in the day, we're like, oh my god, we're using mm. green screen. So this technology, I mean, I'm sure there are low-budget, crappy, sort of, Birdemic or something that's got bullet time in it you know mm. I mean remember when that was like an yeah. amazing thing so no. there will come a point where they'll be putting that some hack yeah. dreadful movie maker will be putting a dead Al Pacino yeah. I'm not wishing death on Al Pacino no I know you're but you know what I mean Al Pacino in his Michael Corleone days yeah. just putting him him yeah. in there because they can because they bought they bought Adobe After Effects oh. 37. It's going to be ridiculous. It's it? going to be, it's going to be terrible. And they won't have to pay any of the royalties because they'll have it under a certain amount of time or something. They'll just check, they'll put the mole on the other side or something. Yeah, like they'll change one's mind. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not, that's not Al Pacino. Yeah. That's Pal Machino. Exactly. That's it, all this he shit. He looks a bit like him. He's a mirror. Mm. Oh, I'll just flip the image so that it looks, it's like a slightly different guy. Yeah, the eyebrow will be on the other side as well. That's <laughs> yeah. another weird thing. I've noticed using a bit of a left at the traffic mm. lights here. Selfies and like taking photos of yourself. You think you see the photo that you're taking, but you don't, do you? No. So you think you know what you look like because you're pulling the, you're raising your eyebrow, you're doing yeah. your, your best Roger Moore, and then you realise that you're you're not, you're like some sort of mirror mm. demon version of yourself that doesn't mm. really look like the version you know. Mm. Trying to fool everyone. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird that thing. It's like, um, look, this is me now, but it, it's not really now. It's gone. It's like the space balls thing, isn't it? Mm. It's me oh, when, when is this? This is it's now. That. It's like you just missed it. That kind of, that's the sort of thing, isn't it? Look, your, your show, the the Elvis Dead, right? Let's go into this. I don't. I know you didn't want to talk about it too much, right? It's, but it's all because it is. I know how you feel about it, right? Because you're like, okay, look, people are saying it went well. It did. It did okay. go well, and you were happy with it. I'm very happy with it. I mean, I, I, up until the, the first performance of it, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't unhappy with it, but I, I thought I was worried that it was too niche. In, in fact, I did a gig a couple of months prior to this. There was a comedian there who asked me what was going on, and I told him the idea for the show, and he said, "Well, that's just one joke, isn't it?" I mean, he wasn't being. A, he wasn't being a dick. He was. He was just like, he was trying to understand. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, well, that, that's just one joke, isn't it? And I was like, well, yeah, mm. I guess so. I've got to be objective at this. Yeah, you yeah, know? And you've got to look at it and go, well, he's right. Mm. Insofar as if somebody isn't on board with... This is, this is kind of why. Because people were saying to me, come and do 10 minutes of the Elvis Dead at night. And I, and I was terrified to do that for a couple of reasons. The main reason being, I was worried 
that if somebody saw 10 minutes of it, they wouldn't feel the need to see any more. Sure. You know, they go, oh, I get what this is. I don't, mm. need to, I don't need to see an hour of that. And I was terrified of that. Mm-hmm. I was terrified of the whole idea that it was this one, this, this one joke and that could be gathered and see you later. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why I hadn't taken it anywhere. And mm-hmm. so, so then again, the first performance on the 12th of Feb, it, it was literally a kind of trial by fire because I'd, I'd never, I hadn't performed it anywhere. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done it anywhere. The fact that it went well, I mean, that blew my mind. To, hear, to see people that you know laughing at a thing that you thought was funny, but you also thought, I don't know if this is funny to anybody other than me. If you drill an idea down to... Because there's going to be... There's, as much as sense of humour is fairly universal, there's bound to be something that's very specific to Winterfell and that it's like, you find it funny, but everyone else will go, what? Really? Mm-hmm. And I was... You're just blown away by the fact that the reaction of people to your show. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's good, because though. people have actually described it as the most Rob Kemp, Kemp thing ever. Yeah, a, a, a mate of mine said that is the most Rob Kemp idea mm. I have I've ever heard. Mm. You know, and that again, like I say, so somebody says that to you, and you go, "Oh fuck, mm. is this going to appeal to anyone?" Mm. Well, well, you have it as we talk about when we have a piece of material, and you're like, you click on it. I know there's something funny in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. It, to me it's something funny, but I don't know if I can share it with everyone else. And when it gets taken, you know that they will find it amusing. When they find, when they really go with it, and someone comes up and goes, I really like that bit. You're like, you don't know how to how to take that and yeah. how to process that. Is it the fact that, like, you know, you're toiling for it? Because you toil, you know, you toil for a long time. Because you just and get so used to going, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm holding my own or I'm doing okay. And then when, when something goes well... It's hard to deal with. Well, because you think it, yeah. you think it's going to disappear. I, I just need to absorb it. And how many shots? Uh, I, I, I've only done it twice. Twice. You had full room each time. No, the first one was thirty people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe slightly more. I don't know. Mm. Uh, it was. It, don't get me wrong. It was plenty. There was enough people there to to give it a good vibe, and mm. and and the people who were there enjoyed it. Enjoyed it to the point where someone said, "Hey, that needs to be." Shown again, and then obviously we'd love Dev winning the the Punch Championship. So the, the, I mean, the whole the whole Second Chance Sunday that, that Alex and Dave put on was that was wonderful. I mean, but the second time, yeah, it was mm. full. I, you know, it's really blown up, like on social media about the thing. I, I mean, you know, it's like, like all that stuff is completely ephemeral. It's, it's not transient, real. totally transient. You're right, you're right, yeah, and yeah. you're just trying to keep the feet on the ground because it's gone well. Yeah. yeah, and that's it at the moment. But it's, and so you're just pleased with how it went for now. Are you going to tour the show more? I wanted a, I wanted a show in hand. Right. And yes. what I was going to do was I was going to take Hubris this year mm-hmm. and then take Elvestead next year. But with the shows going as well as they did, mm. the performance at the MAC that I was on about mm. in November of Hubris, my, my girlfriend, she came to that. She'd never seen me perform, so there was some weird, wow. there was some weird pressure on that. Yeah, night. yeah. After that performance of Hoover, she said, you're taking that to Edinburgh. Great. And I was like, okay. And I felt good about it. And then she was there at the first performance of Elvis Dead. Mm. And, and she said, forget Hoobris, you're taking that to Edinburgh. <laughs> and I was like, so my initial plan of, of doing it that way and having a show in hand has kind of gone out the window because people have embraced, have embraced this new thing. And, uh, so, on the one hand, that's great. It's also frightening. The thing that I've said to a couple of people, what I'm worried about with people praising, get, it. praising it is that it's going to have that sort of dark night mm. sort of 
uh, effect mm. where some people will go and see it and they'll go, well, mm. it was all right. I don't know if it, I'm not sure if it was worth it. Mm. I mean, I, what I've said is I'm worried that they're going to go expecting The Dark Knight and they're going to get Batman forever. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my concern. That totally. I'm, I know you can't get people in without a certain amount of buzz, but, but, but um, yeah, so it's, it's just that whole... I want, don't, don't hype it to death. Yeah, yeah so... Come see the show. If, if, you, if you get a chance, come see it. Very luckily for me, and I say, look, it was, actually, you know what, nothing to do with luck. Hmm. It was, it's thank you very much to Jason Neal. Jason Neal talked Bob Slayer into coming to see the show. Hmm. And so I'm now talking to Bob about the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not counting any, I'm not counting any chickens. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know What's almost that? anything. Although I do know that I would be possibly an idiot to not try and take it this year. Mm-hmm. That's all. Great. That's all I know. That's cool. And so, anyway, I'm starting to feel really awkward about talking about your success of your show. Or whatever it's Anybody that knows me. No, I know. But, like, okay, let's go back to when When was your first gig? Why did you start? What What was it that made oh, we you would, start? Yeah, we started doing our yeah. story. Like, and, uh, we've got to the end now. We've got that awkward bit out of the way. But flashback. The, uh, the, the end? Am I going to get killed? <laughs> the, the, um, yeah, I'm just going to take this, just hide this uh, bludgeon. <laughs> oh, but the, the, the basic instinct, pulling an ice pick. I like to do the final interview with everybody, just so I'd let you know. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, oh, that's the hook of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you say hook? Oh, okay. And they were away. never seen again. <laughs> and then I bundled him into the boot of my car. Yeah, just, say, just say my name three times. Oh, right. I, 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 bloody, I bloody Mary will not. Yeah, so from that kid with all the joke books, yeah. I I played in a couple of bands, so I've been on stage, mm. and it was usually, I mean, I can't, I can play the organ. Mm-hmm. I played with my organ every night <laughs> during my teenage, teenage I'm years. such a child, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm trying to be professional, it's really hard, it's hard, so hard. Play with my, both hands around my organ, on my organ. Uh, anyway. Yeah, but I, I yeah I was a, I was a singer a singer in a band for a while. Were you the well actually initially I was like a sort of backing singer hmm. and that was in like a sort of covers band and then I was a lead singer in a covers band and then I and then what happened was my best mate in the whole world uh, was the lead singer and guitarist in um, in a band an originals band and well at the time they were sort of a halfway through the transition between we used to be covers and now we're working mm-hmm. on our own material so it was mm-hmm. kind of a bit of a hybrid he needed an operation on his, on his face mm-hmm. basically and that w- was going to leave him unable to sing in mm-hmm. one of these gigs that were already booked in and on account of these other gigs that I'd done they said do you want to fill in whilst Ben can't sing mm-hmm. and I was like yeah okay cool man I'll help you out after the first couple of gigs, it was like, do you want to stay? <laughs> and that was not knocking him. It mm-hmm. was just, I mean, he, he was one of the first to say it, actually. He was yeah. like, I'm more of a guitarist. You're more of a singer. Right. Do you want this Do you want this job, he says, because it wasn't a job. It was some of the most fun I've ever had. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. So we did that. I did that for ages. Weird thing, I, it never occurred to me that I was someone who would be in a band. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it was like, in the same way, I sound like such a naive country mouse. Up to a certain age, I was at senior school before I realised I'm I'm a person who is allowed to go to gigs. Mm-hmm. That's the thing for other people to go do, wealthy people to go to gigs, mm-hmm. and I, I, not realising that there's bands playing at the Civic Hall for mm-hmm. six and eight quid. You know, 
mm. you can go and see these things. Yeah, so I was, I was, I was in bands for a bit, and then... Mm. Um, what was the name of the band? I was in four different bands, right. eventually. I mean, there was the, forgetting the covers bands, I was in a band called Rise, that is probably the band that's closest to my heart, because that oh. was the one that I was in the longest, and it was the band that was with, like, as I said, my best mate, and... The thing about bands is you do get that last last gang in town sort of mentality, mm. and you end up. So it's it's just like you bond in the van. Yeah, it's the, journeys, the long car rides and, and the late night rehearsals, mm-hmm. pizza and beer into the night. End up sleeping on the re- rehearsal room floor, mm-hmm. and you know it's it, you just have experiences, and it, it, it was wonderful. Mm. So that one, there's a band that I joined because the singer he had uh, a substance issues right. he had to go go deal with that this band nowhere near the garden had a couple of decent sized gigs to mm. um, this all feels very intertwined because it was the cause it was like it was around the time of my dad dying right yeah yeah and I, and, and, and that was around the time that I we I played Glastonbury with that mm. band I, it was the smallest stage and mm. it was early in the morning but it was yeah. still as far as I'm concerned, I play Glastonbury, which is yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that was them. Uh, there was a sort of industrial blues, which mm. if that makes any sense. A sort of a blue because the guitarist in this in Missing Mile, mm. is what it was called, was a, was really he's really into sort of like Thin Lizzy and Jimi Hendrix mm. and like some mm. bluesy stuff. And the drummer, who was the other sort of driving force behind it, I guess was into industrial music, like your Nine Inch Nails and that mm. sort of thing. So it got this sort of, these two styles crashing and, and mm. we, we didn't do much. We did a few gigs and pushed some demos together, but didn't really get very far. But again, loved it, mm. loved doing that. The, there was one more band after that called Reason Rex Lives, mm. sort of from the ashes of, of Rise. And after that point band members find love and go and get oh, yeah. married and like gets in the way kind of thing yeah so 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 that finished and when and then when when did you first gig then so that so that kind of came to a, an end in sort of like 2007 2008 mm. events mm. i'd given up being a uh, an electrician i was an industrial electrician right i, I, like, I can say oh Back to the school guy, the guy at school, mm. quite straight up and down, very sort of skinny, bank manager looking, mm. glasses wearing, side partying guy. Mm. And then because I didn't know what I wanted to do myself, mm. I ended up going on this course that my dad was helping run in electrics. So I ended up working on building sites, electrician, mm. industrial electrician, filled me out. And I know I'm still a fairly, mm. not thin, but like I'm not mm. fat by a stretch. Mm-hmm. I ended up like a fairly slim Sorry, it filled me out, and I became a bit more of a man-shaped. Do you know what? I forget this. Being yeah. in, I don't know about yourself, but inside your own head, you forget the shadow you cast. I'm a six-foot-five man. Mm. I'm a fairly imposing shadow, mm. and I forget this. <laughs> I mean, like I say, but going back to the kids at the school, anybody who knows me knows mm. I'm not. Following that electrician, I quit that to focus on the bands. Mm. Uh, ended up running out of money. Mm because well you know and started working in a school and ended up doing the exams office mm-hmm. stuff and, all, and so so I was, I was in my office at, at this school in 2010 2011 mm. I I had a thought and it was a funny thought mm. I'd never heard anybody else say it I mean, up to this point, I'd never even considered doing... I mean, I say never... I, obviously, I'm the boy with all the joke books, mm-hmm. so I loved 
comedy. I love making people laugh, but I never thought of it in terms of that because that's what other people do, mm. and that is what that's been my not my mantra, but it's been like this delusion, this mm. sort of idea in my head that block, that's what block, other people do. It's, it's that's a, not your life. And then I, for some reason, I just thought this is a funny idea. Mm. I've never heard anyone say it. I'm going to write it down rather than lose it. So I wrote it down. Well, I say wrote it down. I typed it into mm. a word document and saved it. The word, the word document was saved in a folder called So, you think you're a writer? <laughs> you know, that, that was it. And so I saved that. And then I just, like I say, over the next however long, I just started adding little bits to it. And mm. to the point where I ended up with pages upon pages of these silly ideas. Mm-hmm. Some of them were in the form of a joke. Some of them were just a stupid, mm. you know, concept. But I just remember having a feeling of, not really a bucket listing, but just like a fear that I was going to be an old man and wish that I'd done it. It was just that. That was what got me to call Dave Francis at the Hollybush. Oh, yeah. And just say, I hear you've got a, mm. a comedy night. Can I play? What do I have to do? You know. Mm-hmm. And obviously he was open arms, as he always yeah. was mm. and is. Mm. And... To, I went and watched the week before I was supposed to be doing it, just to see what it was all about. I didn't know anyone. Sat yeah. in the corner with my mini cheddars and my, mm-hmm. my pint of bitter, mm-hmm. and just sort of like, just to see what it's all about. And that's it, really. What that's, date was that? It was May 2011, I think. Right. 26th of May, mm. he says, suddenly yeah. finding a number wow. in his head. <laughs> what was your first joke? No, the first joke I ever wrote, or the first joke that I said on stage? I said on stage. My name's Rob Kemp, and when I die, I want to confuse people. I want my headstone to read, Here lies Rob Kemp, struck from above by a falling headstone. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I don't know, I mean, I, it's, there's an, I, I, I think there's a nice absurdity to yeah, it. Yeah, there is, know? yeah, that's um, great. People, yeah. I've heard people say a bunch of times, you're going to look back on the stuff that you wrote and think, this is terrible, mm. you know. Mm. And... When it comes to the longer bits that I wrote, mm. I agree. But some of the actual joke jokes, the, mm. short, the short, punchier jokes, I, th- I think to myself, oh, that's still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> filter that back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Add a little bit more, tweak uh, it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I haven't done all the things that I wanted to do, but like I've, I have tried to challenge my mm. sort of writing insofar as like... Yeah. Um, I've done. I've intentionally done some kids comedy. Oh yeah, and clean comedy mm. just to just to go. Can I do this? Mm. Can mm. I appeal to an audience? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Because you got to you got to test the limits of your fear. I mean, the, that that first gig, right? The Hollybush. I mean, the the nerves you have that gig. I think like performing for kids is about twenty times that, isn't it? Because you're like, I might damage these kids. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. I um, could. I swear, could slip out. Exactly. Anything can happen. I might, and I, and I can completely. Like at a gig, you do a tryout spot for. You can come back the next week, but at a yep. kids' club, and you let a f bomb out, and are a, 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 you really give it a good fucking that gig. It's <laughs> coming. Yeah, you're never give getting the kids a fucking. Yeah, you're never. <laughs> you're, you don't even get two years. You don't even get two years grace. You were never coming back to that no. club ever again. And- or, and if, if 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 they speak to any of the other kids comedy yeah. promoters, I'm sure they'll hear about you're the fact gone. that you're gone. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all it. over, isn't it? It's, it's all, all over. over. It's it's real jeopardy, isn't it? Yeah. You know that, and that is the pressure. And do you do improv as well? 
Yeah. I dabbled in improv. There's a group in Birmingham called Box of Frogs, and they meet, I think it's weekly on a Tuesday. Yeah. And I did go, like, a handful of times. You know, I mean, it was, what, half an hour, 40 minutes, which isn't yeah. that big a deal, but it commits yeah. a chunk of your evening to that, you know. Definitely. In the same way as... Uh, I said this about gongs, actually. Mm. King Gong, for yeah. instance. When it's really brutal and they can gong you off as you walk to the microphone. I am not driving to London for nine seconds in that of performance time. Mm-hmm. No way, mate. Mm-hmm. I'm not driving, and I'm not driving to... If I lived in Preston or London, yeah. I'd do it every week. Because mm-hmm. it wouldn't matter. It would, be, it would You'd kind of... It would lose all sort of fear, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Because you'd be like, this week, i got five seconds. Next mm-hmm. week, I might... You know, because yes. if, if you live on... They're so close. Why wouldn't you do it? Exactly. It's a convenience thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the improv thing as well. I mean, but like, you know, you're doing that with Dave anyway. Or sort, sort of. I mean, it's, yeah. I suppose, MCing gives mm. you your, your improv practice as far as I'm concerned. But mm. there's, a, there's a guy, he always put himself out as more of an actor than he did an act, mm. a comedy act. Do you remember a guy called Ant Hill? Uh, Redditch Way. Mm. He, was a, he, was an ama- he was amazing at improv- mm. improvising. I've, I've felt, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know if, what a, a, you know, a professional improviser might say or whatever. I asked him about it, I said, what, what's, how do you do it? How do you, and, and I remember him saying, your life is improvisation. You know, day to day, you're in a shop, you, have, you start a conversation with the, the cashier. Mm-hmm. You know, you, neither of you have got a script, mm-hmm. you're making it up. Yeah. And do you make them laugh? sometimes mm. well then you can improvise mm. anyone can improvise because I mean I realised that we detailed every beat of this conversation before we started and I, I did di- <laughs> I did digress briefly don't was, ruin the, the, <laughs> the, the magic no, sorry mate oh, edit, edit that bit out edit all that out now that's improvisation yeah there are very specific sort of techniques and, and that, that I don't they definitely don't know but in terms of it's like when you're 16 years old <clears> so I mean I don't know why I'm going to 16 but, and you're like telling your mates oh you know this happened blah 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 and you're like you're just riffing them with each other exactly the same thing and you even have callbacks within that riff of whatever you're talking about yeah because you, you've got you didn't fuck all you just got up and brushed your teeth this morning There's, you know, how the fuck are you making that so interesting but it happens and that's how it goes yeah. we can, we'll all agree that the, the, the most fun you have is I'm not going to say specifically the pub but like mm. in the pub with your mates yeah you'll end up laughing more than you ever normally do mm. at some ridiculous spun story. Mm. That's it. And then someone do a voice of an impression, a stupid impression of you. Oh, yeah, well, you did this. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then someone else does something else. Blah, 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 blah. Although, although I suppose that is a flawed example mm. in that you've got the vested interest and history of those people. Mm. And I suppose if you do a regular gig and then you end up with an audience that know mm. you and they can, you can call back on history... But when it comes to a new audience every week or every day, whenever, mm. you can't rely on that. There's a, a massive element of truth in that, though, because you're trying to make them your friends first. Aren't you? Yeah, it's mm. it's going up to a group of people and trying to make them your friends before they dunk your head in the toilet and nick your dinner money. That's it. You don't that is, yeah. <laughs> That's just, wait, 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 wait. wait. Some, wait. Hey, this kid's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, totally. Let's not beat him up. <laughs> So we would have hurt you and steal your money. We would have actually literally mug you is what we we're going to do. That's <laughs> uh, so, it. You know, just a friendly mugging. So the next mission is to take the show Elvestead up to the Edinburgh Fringe for this year, hopefully with a promoter that you're going to have to be having talks with. And then what else is in the pipeline? Are you writing another show? Because you talk about momentum going. You must have some other idea percolating. And you show me a, the, one of your... <laughs> one, one of your, I'm like one of your many whiteboards but look, if you're as paranoid as me right if you're as paranoid as me you I, well, you're, well you're not I 
I move my whiteboard and I put it somewhere and I have to put it against the wall but I don't even re- I'm, but like I'm so paranoid but that um, might be me my, my whiteboard is right behind me when I'm doing a podcast where I am so I'm like these people are, are, are looking I don't know if they're looking at me anymore are they looking at are they me reading me? my notes it's, totally. it's like the end of the usual suspects oh, and that's it and like how did you uh, how did you start comedy and they actually just use your ideas in oh. their story and they're Kaiser Soze exactly <laughs> they're stealing like, they're stealing this soul got a gimpy leg and not anymore mm. look at him walking I know you were just sort of motioning towards that one of those is a that, that, that one there yeah. that's a that's a sort of a rock star character cool which is more of a which is not a a show as much as it's a it's a I'm gonna and hopefully fingers crossed end up with a 10 minute bit right so that I can go to a venue and yeah one night do stand up one night do the character mm-hmm. uh, it's fingers crossed I mean I don't know it might be terrible that I I've got a I do have yeah. a script so oh, that's, yeah. that's the poems mm-hmm. at the bottom there I've got a book here you yeah. might like this a mate of mine bought me this because he thought I'd like it for what it is right yeah but it's it's a notebook yeah it's, it's blank but it's also oh from from Back to the Future 2 yeah, from it's yeah, Grey's Grey's Sports Almanac and it, look at it I say look at you do you remember I think it was your gig do you remember your uh, yeah I'm sorry about that gig that was a terrible terrible gig as well that was the one in the Watford yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awful this yeah. is great well yeah. yeah I'm not sure whether I told you about that because that's how long I've had this idea mm. is kind of a time travel story right so that is going to go in here. <laughs> so I'm going to write that in. Obviously, not until I've nailed it down. Yeah. So I don't want to go writing scrappy notes. In it. No, I totally get that. This is a. This is. This is a. That's a. It's it's, yeah, it's that, a beauty, isn't you it? Need to, <laughs> you need to take care of that, and you need to treat it with respect, don't you? You know, it's just just. I know. I realise this is an audio podcast, but we have just said that it's Grey's Sports Almanac, and if you're in Back to the Future, you'll. You'll know what that looks exactly. like. But yeah. also, let's just inside the cover. It's Ooh La La. Biff Tannen covers Ooh La La with the. Oh, the yes, of course. Yeah, he hasn't watched it recently. I have watched yeah. it. Have watched no, it. he hasn't watched it recently. I watched it. No, I watched it recently. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I didn't realise there would be a test. Oh! I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't follow a theme in that one because I've, cause I've, this one, I'm not writing a Superman show in that one cool okay no, it's, not, it's not I get it I like that it's not subject specific no I'm not going to end up having to write specific shows so in these are my room full of notebooks and all the premises everything oh, has a... I've written nothing else because I couldn't think of anything apart from premises yeah so I've got that there's a couple of character things that mm. I want to do but again they're not really because I want to write a, a show mm-hmm. as much as I want to give myself an option mm-hmm. of what to do and also, because it kind of, writing within a character, it, it's restricting, but in some ways liberating, mm. because you realise that's not something this person would say, mm. or if you, they do, it fundamentally changes. So, again, it's another string of writing to a theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so it, rather than turning up and going, hey, here's some whimsy, mm. you know, or mm. whatever, I, I quite like the idea of saying, hey, I'm coming to this, and I'm going to be doing this rock star character mm. I've got this police officer mm. idea mm. and also a headmaster idea and again the, these are ones where I've written bits and I've not fleshed them out apart from like, the rock star one mm. I've sort of fleshed out to an actual script that is a sorting out the costume stage mm. yeah <laughs> basically what you're doing is you're zeroing in these different characters and different themes 
and finding the detail which would fit those characters. But at the same time, you're doing following those themes. You're improving your observational skills so. in certain areas, which is great. I mean, which is a lot. There's so many different characters in those. You know, you never know what they could be used for. I mean, I like you might just do a show of characters the next time. You know, but maybe. But, but it, it tightens everything else up as well. You can quickly, you can quickly assess a premise way quicker and go. Okay, detail. What fits that? Done. You've got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, on a slightly different note. I mean, again, not a show that I'm, I'm writing. Hmm. You know Tom Christian, don't you? Long blonde hair. He's got a joke about looking like meatloaf. I think I might know him, actually. I might. I, very funny yeah, guy. Very, so. very funny mm-hmm. guy. We were in a comedy choir together. In the, at the practices, at the rehearsals. I mean, we knew each other anyway, but we, we, we spoke more at the rehearsals. And we, we quickly discovered that we bounced off each other really well. Mm-hmm. To the point where we felt like every conversation we had was turning into a sketch. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that... I hope comes to something in in the in in the future will be a sketch show with Tom because we we're not the same by any stretch. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's got this real sort of sedate delivery, but he's he's very quick. We we seem to have a similar sensibility, mm-hmm. but it's just another discipline, and I think it's good. To, it's good to flex, isn't it? It's yeah. good to flex those muscles that you that you're not using. Mm. I mean. Just want to try all the different things. Why on earth would you not? Why, no, why exactly. would you? Why would you not yeah, want to test? It, exactly because you have to. Because stand up can be very restricting sometimes. I think sometimes you know yeah. you got to go right. Well, this is a sketch. It wouldn't fit here. It's too long winded. I need I need other people in this. This is not just one person. I can't do all the characters all the time. Where can we see? Is it just straight to the fringe or? See what I did yeah. in preparation for 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 Lester mm. was sort of focus on the show and not really try to book anything else in. Mm. So at the moment. I don't have that much lined up. I've, I'm doing something with Tom Young in May in, I think, Northampton? Is that Northampton yeah. or is that Leicester? I don't know. Northampton. I'm, gonna try, I'm just going to try and squeeze in a, bunch of, a, a whole bunch of previews mm-hmm. as, much as, I, as much as I can. So I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I've got a Twitter that I barely use, mm-hmm. at Robot Kemp. Apparently there's already a Robert Kemp. Uh, oh, I know. Let's kill him. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Canadian DJ called Rob Kemp. There's a guy. This is says like, oh, he's been googling himself. I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah, 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 of course. Not that I was looking for stuff about me. I was, looking, mm. I was doing the Dave Gorman thing. Actually, <laughs> totally. I was doing the Dave Gorman thing. I noticed this is a, this is going back a bit. Mm. When I owned a Super Nintendo, I, I owned Super Star Wars. One of the animators on Super Star Wars is a guy called Rob Kemp. Mm. There's a an airline pilot called Rob Kemp. Well, I've got some. Rob Kemp friends on Facebook who yeah. one of them's recently got engaged I think oh. so well done Rob yeah. well done Rob Kemp damn successful Rob Kemp <laughs> <laughs> you're, but look, you're adding yourself to the list now well, 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 fingers yeah. crossed eh? fingers crossed yeah. I think I think we've done it I think we've finished, reached the end of this you reckon I think so well, oh, I feel like I can carry on going. Carry on going. no 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 you no, carry on no no no, no. you, you can't do that you can't you can't <laughs> Ask people, ah. You can't ask people where you can see you. I'm going to see now. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, you can't wrap up a podcast and then go, well, there's a lot more successful Rob Kemp's out there. <laughs> so, uh, there's a lot more successful Rob Kemp's out there. Do you, they're on your Facebook. I'll, 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 I'll message them. <laughs> this this month uh, on the Comedy to... Defect, Canadian DJ yeah. Rob Kemp. <laughs> go to the Fringe this year, Canadian DJ Rob Kemp. No, <laughs> but airline pilot, maybe you could get a, a couple of cheap tickets. You never know. I get some. I wonder if he ever got beyond Super Nintendo 16-bit. You know what I mean? No. 
Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, should, I should I should uh, catch up to him. Say it, it, I think it's getting retro now. He used to open up a like a Super Nintendo uh, kind of pop up store or something like that. You know, yeah, maybe. play games. That might work. Yeah. With cereal. I mean, that works with cereal, doesn't it? Everyone plays games. I set up a um, an old cathode ray, an old cathode ray tube. Oh, CRT, yeah, CRT. oh yeah, <laughs> them days. <laughs> you get yeah, really set, poke off those things as well if you're not careful, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, interesting. I, I I set up. I've set up one of them in, in my bedroom mm. because, for, well, for two reasons. Protection. Uh, in case someone breaks it, you can throw it at them. Well, no. <laughs> what, uh, oh, in case, like, a, sorry, I'm, I'm just, I'm good. In case, a, in case a, uh, you know, like a Bond villain comes in and, like, you know, you fight him and he lands on the floor and the TV falls and that would just I be can a make finishing it quick. move. Yeah. It's yeah, like screaming like, it. See, television's bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, well, part of what I'm hoping is, yeah. is that someone comes to burgle me yeah. they break in and they see the CRT and they go this guy's got nothing <laughs> I mean I mean, that's true that's true but it's also and you'll be able to catch them easily if they go look fuck it I'm here I'm taking that telly and then and it's, it's, <laughs> proper heavy they're running out like, oh, no, I could just walk out of this guy he's never going to get away look, uh, which guy was it that guy's still carrying the telly down there he's not even reached the gate yet no, the, 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 basically what it amounts to is I've got a Mega Drive. Oh, nice. And I wanted to display it again. Mm. I set it up. I, I, tried, I tried running it through a, a, a newer television. Mm. And they just... Oh. It doesn't work. It, yeah. it, they either don't work or it looks fuzzy or whatever. So yeah. I've ended up getting this CRT. I can only find like three games. Like I've got Sonic. I've got Sonic 2. Altered Beast, of course. Everyone had Altered Beast. Amazing. I know. Amazing. but Best but so, so those three games... And so I've been looking on eBay, haven't I? Got loads. No. Oh. I mean, they're, they're there, but they're also quite expensive. Oh, fuck. Like you say, retro. Mm. It's gone up. Retro. People it's love it. the retro. Should keep the CRT TVs, man. It's like... Uh, I'll <laughs> come back when people want to have a terrible picture. <laughs> this is it. People don't want to see their life in, in high definition. They want it just a little bit blurry. Yeah. They, want to, <laughs> they don't want to feel like they can reach out and touch Jenna Coleman. With, that, with the CRTVs as well. You've kind of got like a blurry picture from the, you know, the, the is it Mega, Mega Drive 16-bit, wasn't it? 16-bit Mega Drive. And then you've got like the terrible uh, picture from the CR, CRTV. And they just sort of marry together so well that kind of, it just, it just there's a sort of, there's a symbiosis that happens. Yeah. Uh, a congruence, the, yeah, it, it a just, sort of a confluence, a it, yeah. a synchronicity, a it serendipity. Is. There is exactly it just, that. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is, and it just and it just takes you away rather than it's like completely immersive. I just want it to be there. I yeah, just it's so it. stark. I yeah. feel like I feel like someone's looking into my living room, and I'm not happy about that. Yeah. I want to make a choice of escaping rather than being told. You are fucking escaping now. This yeah, is what yeah, you were doing. Not there. You are in this. Like, like with the uh, like Call of Duty. You're, you're in it. You're in it. I'm like, no, I, I just want to be. I just want to be here, and that's there, and I can dip in and out of that thing and, like, and make a choice. Do you want a cup of tea? Yeah, that'd be great. And then I can go back to it rather than. Oh, I'm oh my die. god! You totally locked it. Down. No. Oh. no, having said that, yeah, having said that, and I realise, awesome I realise, that's an awesome game. I realised you were you were you were just making a uh, a little joke about the immersive nature of games, but I'm sure you'll you'll agree with this. Mm. Graphics have never really been have never been that significant. Yeah. Because I remember the first time I played Quake, mm. and even though the graphics by today's standards are quite blocky, mm. I remember running for my life from some sort of monster, uh, mo- be, like 
beclawed monster mm-hmm. just suddenly leaping out of the mm-hmm. darkness at me and mm-hmm. I've got no uh, bullets left in my railgun mm-hmm. and I'm running away and it's like oh my god if I get struck again I'm dead yeah. and it's and you know you, even though but in hindsight you look back at it and go like that's not realistic at all, but you invested in it. But you've got like, but then there's the Resident Evil game as well, which is like, you know, exactly. It's like terrifying. Like, and you're looking back, going, really? But it's so atmospheric. Playing out bit one at the moment, and I'm, I think I'm, I've got Albert two to play as well. But I haven't got, I've no chance. I've no time. Oh well, no. So it's just like they it's like they're there, and I'm like, okay, when I have some time, they are going to be played. But that yep. is the escape. But it's like because I've got the Xbox 360, not the new one, because I need because I because otherwise I have to rebuy the games. I'm like, what, why? Am I no doing time. It? Exactly. No time. I know, and I've got Borderlands the zombie pack as well. Oh really? Um, it, the, yeah, it's the add-on extra. And I was like, oh, can't, I can't really play that. Well. I don't have any time to do it. It's just there. It's just it's like it's like the it's like utopia that you're constantly reaching for. I was like, nearly. Yeah. Nearly, just yeah. But do you know what? This is this is the I thought about this about the fact that I've got games I want to play, mm. but. Any time that I'm not trying to do a thing, mm. I'm so guilty about it. Totally. It feels like you should be doing something else. Mm-hmm. You're wasting your time mm. and you should be trying trying to do something. Yeah. Which is why this, this broken hand, yeah. is a kind of a godsend. Mm. Or at least it was the other day when yeah. I had a full cast on. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, I can't do anything. Yeah. I've got to read all these books totally. and I can't write anything, surely. And I, mm. you know... I can't play any games, obviously, because mm. I didn't have the motion in my hands. Yeah, why, why are all these controllers... Why do they need two hands? This is, <laughs> this is just, Damn my disabilities! Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? That, that is one of the things that I love most about Christmas Day, mm. is the fact that you are forced mm. to, to do... Well, I, I know you could be writing if you want. If you want to spend Christmas Day writing, mm. you can do that. Yeah. It's kind of almost like society gives you a pass yeah. for a day mm-hmm. to chill out. Yeah. And it's bonkers that that's even the case. But like with the amount of pressure that you put on yourself, I mean, how old are you again? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm thirty-six. I'm, I'm thirty-eight. I'm thirty-six. <laughs> I'm thirty-six. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. thirty-eight, right? Right. And I'm at that stage now where it kind of feels like you you wasted swathes of your time having fun, <laughs> and so so if you are going to pursue this sort of crazy dream of being a creative yeah. you know then you you've got some catching up to do yeah pursue it like life depends on it because like yeah because like, I mean it totally does but it's like but it doesn't it doesn't no know. no it, it totally does because you've got to put yourself under that I'm, I'm the same I'm like I need to fucking do that's what I do the podcast I do the sketches and things I'm like and my, and my wife's like Winter you need to sleep so I'm like I'll sleep when I'm fucking successful, okay? Mm, mm. And I don't say fucking because I would that wouldn't go down well. <laughs> I'll say, but you know, just he's swearing at me again. I gave it a good fucking. I gave it a good fucking. Are you doing the, That's where I go. Is that why you've got? He's currently doing the Spock fingers again. I like to use, I, it's the rule of three, actually. I'm like, yeah, I gave it a good fucking, and I never actually said that, but you know, then my point got across in the end. So, so, but like, that's what it was like. I was like, oh, you know, I said, look, I need, I can. I I don't have time to sleep now. I might write editing shit and and creating stuff and reading the stuff that you know you're, is important to you. Like uh, uh, like from wherever uh, source it comes from, it doesn't matter. Like from parents, from friends, or from anything that's going to give you a, some sort of creative inspiration. Like right, I'm going to I'm going to eat this shit. And and, and you, you know yourself, you're so you're so driven about the comedy and the search for it. 
that, and that you're, you're so hooked into this thing that there's no stopping it. You know that it's never going to end. So you might as well get a head start on yourself rather than just kind of going, all right, I'm just in this. I'm just going to write a joke. No, fuck it. I've got to do it all. And then when you finally got all that knowledge and stuff into your head that was the sway, the mountain of knowledge, you can kind of go, all right, now I've got the knowledge. There will be bits I need to learn still, but I have most of it here. And now I don't doubt the knowledge that I haven't learned because it's piecemeal then. Do you know what I mean? Because there's an awful lot to learn, you know, yourself yeah. at the beginning. It's like, it's like, you're like what? This is like trying, trying to fucking build the Great Wall of China and then going, all right, well, I've, I've, built like, I've built like a foot. It will never be finished, but you will get halfway through it and go, well, I, I've done this before and I know what I'm doing now. And yeah, you've yeah. got a rhythm going. You've mm-hmm. got a rhythm going, you know, you, yeah. you feel comfortable that you know what, you, you've kind of got the gist of it. Yeah. And you could put... Not that you ever would, because as Ben Briggs said, yeah. there's you know, the best advice is never give anyone advice, never take any advice. But you could, if you felt so inclined, tell somebody else how to build a wall. Potentially, you can help yeah. them with the wall building, and yeah. then they get, and then maybe you can possibly work with that person on building a different wall. Yeah, you know. And I want my comedy to be seen from space. Yeah, but but see, that's that's the thing. Somebody, I forget who it was. Was it Dave? Was it Dave who I did the podcast with? Dave Pitt. He said that Dara O'Brien, whenever he was feeling that he was lacking creativity or whatever, he would go and do a thing, whether it was a parachute jump or he'd go clay pigeon shooting or something. He'd go and experience it. It's that whole comfort zone thing. It's that whole, the second that you take yourself out of your familiarity. (laughs) How are you meant to have new experiences if you go to work Mm. and you come home and you spend every night in? How are you supposed to? It works in a different sense. How are you? How are you meant to meet the partner of your dreams mm-hmm. if you never go out? Mm-hmm. If you're striving for this to change this life of yours to give to, to inspire enthusiasm mm-hmm. and you know look for these crazy adventures, mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to go and do those things. Mm-hmm. And and I likewise you've got to like like with everything like you've got to put yourself out there. It's like any show, put yourself out there to be either destroyed or or, or encouraged. You yeah, know, it's like that, and so throwing yourself out there is gonna you're, you're the the mercy of whatever the fuck happens, you know. But whatever happens to whatever you put out there, you're gonna be like, yeah, well, you know what? Fuck it, I did it. What did you do? You know, and like, and and that is, and and that's you can, and either way, no one can dispute the fact that you took that chance and took that risk, and going outside and doing these other stuff as well, just taking risk. Yeah, it's 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 adding to your 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 experience mm. so that you can. You know, you've got a funny story to tell. Hopefully, I mean, there's 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 loads of books up there that I've not read. That mm. that, that, that that in my mind are there to enrich me. Some of them are novels. Some of them mm. are you know autobiographies. Some of them. Are, I mean, I don't particularly want to need to know about Feng Shui, but if you know about it. You can That's speak a, about it. It's a massive book. You know, it's so... It's so, <laughs> <laughs> it's so in the way. <laughs> Ironically. If I, yeah. But no, that's, that's, that's exactly it. It's finding... It's, it's, you need to keep, just keep learning. That's it. It's what it's yeah. about. I mean, because that's the, the, the gift of, of our, our disease. Or that's a, uh, a Gandhi quote, isn't it? What's that? Um, live as if you die tomorrow. Learn as if you'll live forever. I think I think we're we're finished, mate. It's up to you. I think, I think <laughs> we can come see you at the Edinburgh Fringe, then I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. The show's called The Elvis Dead. It'll be Rob Kemp. Yeah, that's my name. Listen to Left of the Podium, please. Yeah. 
I'll say listen, it's on YouTube now. Mm. Ah, I'm working on an idea eventually, hopefully, by the time... Mm. I won't come out within the next couple of weeks, but Cinema Spin Doctor mm. is a thing that I'm trying to work on. Right. Where, well, it's, a, it's kind of a review show, but not really. Mm. So hopefully I'll be able to make that funny too. Cool. Yeah, it's hey. On, it's on YouTube, right? It will, it will be. That's it great. will be eventually. Do you have but, guests? I hadn't considered that. Ooh. But maybe. But I might need to speak to you about Chroma Key. Right, no worries. <laughs> no yeah, that's fine. Rob, I look forward to seeing you at the Fringe, man. I can't cool, man. Are you there, going? You're going? going? I'm going to go this year, do the full run. So I will see you hopefully before, but if not, I'll see you at the Fringe. See you then, man. Rob, thanks, 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 thanks for Give it up. No. <laughs> see you, man. There, take it easy. And that was episode 37 with a really good friend of mine, very funny guy. He's taking a show to the Edinburgh Fringe in 2017. It is Rob Kemp. And that show is Elvis Dead. Go check it out. Go find him on Twitter. Go follow him on Facebook. Go see him live. It's the best place for you to see him. If you want to follow this podcast, we're on Twitter. And that is at The Comedy Defect. If you want to follow me, it's at Winter Phonander. But if you want to come see my live Stand-up gig dates for my Edinburgh previews that are on my website, which is winterphonander.com. Details are on there for the venues, where it is, what time, all that kind of stuff. I'm also back reading the Guinness Encyclopedia, and the jokes that I'm taking out of that book are being put up on Twitter, and that is under the heading, The Book Dad Read. And the Twitter handle for that is at Guinness Jokes. So go check out all the jokes I've written from the Guinness Encyclopedia there. I've also started writing some sketches. I filmed some. They'll be up on my page, which is The Bunk Guy Bunker, of course. I'm also learning a lot to do with After Effects and Premiere. I'm really hitting the editing hard, which is great. Just more work. But it's, you've got you to do these things. You've got to go for it. Why not? As I say, thank you to everyone who shares, likes, retweets, and joins the Facebook group. Shout out to people who are long-time supporters of the podcast. I say Liza Richardson, as I mentioned at the start of the show, thank you for liking and sharing and retweeting your favourite episodes. really appreciate that. You can support the podcast further by going to Patreon. Just go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast, and where you can donate as much or as little as you want. But those of you that do pay, you're paying for the people that can't. And if you do donate, thank you very much. Those of you that do share retweet and like the posts for the comedy defect group or the twitter page thank you also because it tells people where we are and what we're doing but that's it from this episode of the comedy defect podcast that was episode 37 with rob kemp next week we've got another great episode episode 38 with john pearson